Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 207. If I just blank, then my habit will go away. What goes in the blank? A question from a listener. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. I have another uh, episode where I'm going to speak to a question from a listener. And I think this is a really interesting one. I love you heard just in the title of this episode. If I just blank, my habit will go away. What goes in the blank? I just love that question alone. That's not the entire question. But but that was something that she was asking. And I just love that because it really points to how how our mind is thinking about things and wanting things. Like, okay, I know that this is a problem and I know there is a solution and it should fit in this blank. <laughs> now just tell me what it is. Like, what do I plug in to make this whole system work the way I want it to work? And isn't that just the most relatable, normal human kind of reaction to things? And, and it's it's not even normal human. I mean, it's really just how a mind thinks. There's a problem. There must be a solution. Tell me what it is. I'll plug it in. Everything will be fine. I'll get my way. Life will go the way that I want it to go. I will be able to be happy because life is going my way and then we'll be good. <laughs> and oh, how annoying and frustrating it can be to hear that there is perhaps no problem, I would say, and also therefore no solution to that's going to be just kind of neatly plugged into this void and everything will be solved. But hopefully, I think as you'll hear in this conversation, uh, it's even better. It's even better news. I mean, this running around in circles of looking for the one solution to our major problem that we can just plug in and forget about is is so tempting and so, you know, it's so attractive looking from the outside because it looks so simple and we get our way in the end. But it just never seems to work that way. It just doesn't. And and thinking it will and continuing to search for, yeah, but what is the thing? What am I missing? What can I do to make this all go away? That is really what leads to our suffering, not even the stupid habit. The habit doesn't, doesn't even matter. The habit does not even matter anymore. It just becomes this search for what fills in that blank so that we can get what we want and finally be happy. That's what hurts. So anyway, I love it. I love the question. Um, I love where this is going. So it's actually a long, kind of a long question. I'm going to read, her name is Patricia. I'm going to read Patricia's entire question. Um, and then I'll do, as I've done in these episodes in the past, I'll kind of go back and read a portion of it and then speak to it. So this is Patricia's question. She says, I came to this understanding desperate for something that would fix my procrastination problem. I can't believe all the lovely surprises and moments of waking up that have come in the past two years. I'm so grateful. But I think there's more here that I'm missing, not just in the sense 
that there will always be more to see, but something deeper. I think about the amazing stories of folks who can drive after years of fearing driving or having experienced freedom from eating disorders, and I want that deeper freedom in this area. It's weird because I feel that procrastination is not really a problem to be solved. My mind will get frustrated with itself because it has a sense of this, but then it also still sees the procrastination as a problem. I've sort of, it's, I feel sort of like I've been protecting myself from something. I'm not even sure what that something is. I'm onto myself enough to know that I'm most afraid of being lonely, but procrastination to avoid loneliness, that doesn't even make sense. And yeah, I see the neurology of it and the psychological story and the childhood experience and reinforcement of it, etc. It's all innocent and sort of inevitable. I got that. But I still think that if I could go back and fix something in my childhood, things would be different. They would be better. So much has shifted. There's all kinds of things that used to feel impossible that I don't even notice anymore those compelling urges for old habits that don't feel so sticky anymore, and my mind starts to run, what makes this different? Why can't I get freedom over this? What do I need to see or do or understand here? Can I speed up this process? Anorexia seems like a way harder thing to overcome. If people can get freedom from that, surely I can stop procrastinating so much. My little sister used to be the messiest kid you ever saw. I'm five years older than her, and when we shared a room, it drove me nuts. I remember taking the screen off our window so I could throw out random acorns, leaves, and sticks that she'd stash when I was cleaning. And then one day, around 12 years old or so, she just stopped. She's now one of the most organized and tidy people I know. Change is so funny that way. It's unexpected. I would have been happy to just have not sticks and leaves jamming up the vacuum. She became a straight-up minimalist at 13. I just feel like there's got to be something here I'm missing. Then my habit will fall away. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just read back through parts of the question and then stop and speak to it. So she says, I came to this understanding desperate for something that would fix my procrastination problem. And I can't believe all the lovely surprises and moments of waking up that have come the past two years. I'm so grateful. But I think there's more here that I'm missing. Not in the sense that there will always be more to see, which there will, but something deeper. Think about amazing stories of people who can drive after years of fear of driving and have experienced freedom from eating disorders, and I want that deeper freedom in this area. It's weird because I feel that procrastination is not really a problem to be solved. My mind will get frustrated with itself because it has a sense of this, but then it also still sees the procrastination as a problem. So... I love that you see that, Patricia. I mean, and that right there is so, so huge to this, maybe huger than you think. And it's funny because if you think about, if you just listen to the words here that you're saying, I feel that procrastination is not really a problem to be solved. But then it's like, if I just do blank, then my procrastination will stop what goes in the blank. And you can feel the runaround. It's like the whole rest of the question, and it's not really, but in a sense, it's like, you you know, it's like, okay, help me fix this. Help me fix this. I This has to change. Yet, it's kind of amazing that in the very beginning of laying this out, you know, you really see this is not perhaps a problem that needs to be solved. So, she says, again, my mind will get frustrated with itself because it has a sense of this, but then it also also still sees procrastination as a problem. 
And I think that's it exactly. Like there's so much to see in that and so much to be curious about. There is a sense of frustration and undoneness and, you know, something's missing, something's lacking. But I love what you are seeing about this, Patricia. You're seeing it. There's what, what if there's just some general, really, it's just some activity. It's just some seeking and searching activity. I don't even want to call it general discomfort, although that's how it might feel. There's just some activity. There's just a mind looking for something. And that's what, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, we've, I've done many episodes on this in the last couple months, especially. It's, a mind is just an activity and it's always looking for something. It's always just searching. And it's always sensing a void and then trying to fill a void and sensing a void and trying to fill a void. So this is just the activity of mind. Now, the story that a brain creates to kind of make sense of this activity of mind will be who knows what. It's going to be probably fairly specific. It's going to feel pretty personal. It's going to have all kinds of content in there. So let's just say that, Patricia, you're... This is just activity of mind. You get a little restless. Your mind gets a little uh, active (laughs) and it's doing this searching and looking and there's maybe, maybe for you a sense of discomfort or whatever that might be or something's missing. And now a brain has to tell us, like there's detail that gets folded into this. There's story and explanation and meaning that gets folded into this because that's just our brain's job. That's just what it does. So somewhere along the line, there's a discomfort and there's a thought that says, if you could just do more, you'd feel better. Now, it's a, it's a cycle because there's discomfort, which I'm sure leads you like it does to me and most people to probably not doing a whole lot. So it's like when this discomfort or this disease or whatever we want to call it, this, it's just activity, really. Again, I'm hesitant to even give it a negative connotation, although I know it feels negative to us. So whatever, this mind activity that feels kind of uncomfortable, kind of restless shows up. It's just what's happening. It's just activity. But when it feels like, oh my gosh, here's here here it is again. I don't like this feeling. This shouldn't be happening. Naturally, we're probably not going to go out and, you know, write a book or I don't know, finish your taxes or clean the kitchen with that feeling, at least not as easily as we would if we just have a clear mind. So, it makes sense that maybe less is done. And then somewhere along the line, more being done or getting things done got conditioned in there as a thing to do and that feels good and that's what you should be doing. So it's like, okay, not only do I feel uncomfortable, but my discomfort is leading me to not do things in my life the way that my mind tells me I should be doing them. And so my mind comes in to to police this as it does, to police itself <laughs> as it does and says, you really should be doing stuff. Like I know I'm, I know there's a lot of activity here. I know there's a lot of energy and I know you don't feel great, but you're not doing anything. And you'd really feel a lot better if you just get those things done. Now, this entire thing is a conversation a mind is having with itself. And I get it because, oh my gosh, like I'm such a doer as well. And I love doing stuff and I love crossing things off my list. But I really, really want you to start to see this is a mind conversation. It is 
a mind is pinning energy. It's pinning activity. It's pinning a feeling that it calls discomfort on on not having done enough stuff. And it's giving a solution to that. It's saying you feel bad for whatever reason, in part because you're not doing anything, and you'll just feel better if you'll just do the thing. So, so yes, there's just some energy there. It means nothing. It's coming from nothing. It's just a mind doing what a mind does. And then, of course, there's a solution concocted to try to solve for this energy, right? To try to make it better. And for different people in different moments of life, that story and the problem and the solution are just going to be different things. But it's the exact same thing going on for all of us all the time. So Patricia, for you in this moment of your life, it looks like it's all about procrastination and taking action and getting things done. For someone else, it's something else. And so for someone else, it may be um, there's a, a general feeling, just this mind activity again, but this general feeling of lack of ease or discomfort and then a searching for what can do it. And, and maybe the solution looks like eating something or drinking something or who knows what right? Texting someone, getting some reassurance from someone, doing something in your relationship, like, oh, I need approval from this person. I need a, I need a, some kind of affirmation from someone. Like, you could literally fill this in with any story under the sun, like any habit, any issue that someone says they have can be overlaid on this, you know? It's just this general sense of not well, a mind saying, here's what you need to be okay. And then that starts to carry, that starts to carry everything. That looks like the problem. And then we go out and we try to solve for procrastination or we try to solve for why am I hungry all the time? Or we try to solve for why am I always thinking about my next drink? Or why do I need so much reassurance in my relationship? Well, I don't know, but it was never really about that. And it still is not really about that. So, I know this is kind of big. It's very kind of zoomed out and high level, but I love, again, Patricia, you're saying this right off the bat. So when you say, you know, your mind will get frustrated with itself because it has a sense that procrastination is not even a problem to get solved, but then it also still sees procrastination as a problem. Yeah, well, that's the circle. That's that cycle. And it's just something so cool to be curious about. And, And when I say be curious about it for everyone listening, like just, just really, it's pretty amazing if you think about it. If if you think your thing is, oh my gosh, I'm constantly worried about whatever, or constantly worried about money, or constantly worried about my health, or always thinking about food, or always thinking about my relationship. The curiosity is, what if this whole thing that looks and feels like such a problem to you has nothing to do with any of that? has nothing to do with food or action or any of it. So that's awesome. Okay, so let me go back to Patricia's question. She says, I feel sort of like I've been protecting myself from something. I'm not even sure what that something is. I'm on to myself enough to know that I'm most afraid of being lonely, but procrastination to avoid loneliness, that doesn't even make sense. Um, I still think that if I could go back and fix something in my childhood, things would be different and they would be better. Okay. 
on the procrastination protecting you from loneliness thing, I know it seems like it doesn't make sense. There's not a, a nice, simple, logical story there that that we can see, you know, where it's like, well, obviously I procrastinate because I don't want to feel lonely. That story may not be popping out. But if we back this up a little bit and zoom it out a little bit, I don't think it really works that way where, where it's like the story makes sense. Because again, the story is the overlay, the meaning and the details and the content that's just something a brain adds in after the fact to try to make sense of some energy, make sense of some some feeling or some activity, some mind activity. So, so it's fine that there's no story. To me, it makes sense. Let's just say, and I'm totally making this up, obviously, but let's just say that you know, Patricia, that a feeling of loneliness is like the least uh, sit with a bowl. <laughs> That's really not a word. Um, the, the, what's the, the, the feeling you can tolerate the least. I don't know why I'm, I'm not seeing the word I'm looking for there. Um, but yes, lonely is like, uh-uh, I don't want it. No, thank you. I'm going to avoid that one and push it and resist and deny and run away at all costs. Cause I don't want to feel lonely. And, and maybe there's some energy there that smacks of loneliness doesn't it make sense in a way that your mind might distract from that by jumping into this procrastination problem that you know isn't even real, <laughs> you know, that you suspect is not even a real problem? But that's the thing. This is like when people have, you know, a huge debilitating chronic illness or back pain and, and, and it's when they then, you know, forgive their parent that they haven't spoken to in 30 years or something and suddenly their chronic illness it just goes away. Our mind is amazingly good at just distracting, period. There doesn't have to be a logical connection and story that we can always see and that will always make sense. Sometimes there is, a lot of times there isn't. But when there's something that's not wanting to be seen or felt, there will be all kinds of attempts to distract. And that is brilliant. It's brilliant that that happens. Amazing that our mind does that. And our way out of that, again, is not to dig in the details and the story and try to, you know, reason about how loneliness isn't so bad or try to do, it's definitely not by trying to do more stuff in your case, Patricia, and fix the procrastination issue. That's just the foil. That's just the distraction. It's much bigger than that. And it's, it's back to seeing that anything we feel is safe. Everything we feel is not what our mind tells us it is. What even is loneliness? There's a certain vibration and energy. I don't know. There's some, some sensed physical experience. Uh, and then there's just some thinking about it. There's some labels slapped on. There's probably some memories. There's probably you know, all kinds of stuff, some pictures, some images that come along with that, some made up story about the future. But to start to strip that, all of that, of its solidity and its meaningfulness and its personalness, that's the biggie, right? Oh, I felt lonely as a kid and and I'm likely to feel lonely as an adult and I don't like it and you know all of that it's so real such a real experience it feels as personal as can be 
and we just keep seeing more and more, okay, I'm, I'm the one watching this movie of this Patricia's life. And I'm talking to you, Patricia, not we're watching the movie of your life too, but it's a lot easier for us to watch it. You're watching the movie of Patricia's life. We're not in the middle of it. We don't have to be in the middle of it where it's like, this is about me and these things shouldn't have happened. That will be our experience of it sometimes. But we can also see, wow, there's a movie playing out here. There's some energy. There's some stories. There's some pictures. There's some some images, some stuff in the future. And it's all part of this amazing movie playing out. And if I can start to just see that, the edges blur just a little bit and I can lean into this a little bit more, the whole thing starts to feel like something that does not need to be pushed away and denied and resisted quite as much. And now this whole brain strategy of let's talk about procrastination and get you to focus on how much you're not doing and try to get you to do more and maybe not feel all this other stuff we don't want to feel, that all just falls because why? If you're not afraid to feel, there's no strategy to avoid feeling that needs to come up. So I'm not saying, Patricia, that that's exactly what's happening. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe procrastination for you has nothing to do with feeling loneliness, but you brought it up and you you have the insight and the wisdom. Whether you know it or not doesn't matter. So I'm not saying you brought it up because you consciously know there's some connection here. But in your free writing of this question, it came out. So it's something for you to be curious about and look at. And for everyone listening, it's something to be really curious about and look at. So much, so much, many of these issues, these things that feel like they're long-standing issues. And especially when we're looking at them like, this is dumb. I, this isn't even a problem and I know it. Take a look and see if that's not just a, a really wise, brilliant, loving strategy of your mind to distract from something else. And whatever you might want to be distracting from, take a look at that too. We had Peter Koenig um, in the Little School Big Change grad community as our guest speaker for June. And he talks about, he does a process that I won't get into here, but uh, where, where he's looking at thoughts, painful thoughts that people have, limiting thoughts. And it's really an energetic thing. He calls what he does body work, which I think is so cool. But he has people like look at these big, fearful, horrible thoughts and say them out loud and say them in different ways. And it's so cool to watch this process because as people say these things that they're resisting and they don't want to own and they do not want to look at, so much happens. You actually see it physically and oftentimes very commonly start to laugh as they're saying these things out loud. So, so for example, um, if Patricia were there and she'd say, I'm lonely and I don't want to be lonely. I mean, that has such a heavy, you could say, I'm lonely and I'm afraid of being lonely. It's going to, you're going to feel that. So you can see where you feel that in your body and it has such a heavy physical charge. But if you say that enough, and and I'm, this is not actually what Peter does. I'm not doing (laughs) very good service to his work, but, um, but essentially, if you look at that, you say it, I'm lonely, or what if, what if I'm lonely and that's great? loneliness isn't a bad thing. It's something a mind said was a bad thing somewhere along the line. And then all this resistance built around it. But loneliness is not a problem. 
It's just a feeling. Loneliness is great. When are there times when it's amazing to be lonely? When are there times that it's the most most wise, brilliant solution in the world to be lonely? Like if you look at that and you start to see lonely in a different way, and we're just using lonely because it's Patricia's thing, but anything, any feeling, anything we don't want to feel, there's another side to it. We walk around through life just so tight and tensed around things that we don't want to experience. And every single one of those things that we don't want to experience is here to be experienced with really good reason. Life is so freaking brilliant and wise that it gives us exactly what it gives us. And then we just have a mind that goes through and says, yep, no, I'll take that, but I won't take this one. And just picks and chooses and, and you know, pretends it knows what we should be getting better than life does. So take a look at this stuff, you know, when there's something that's like, oh yeah, that's my big thing. I don't, this is my big trigger or loneliness. Nope, that's one I can't handle. When we can come to feel any feeling, all of this protective strategic mind stuff that runs us around in circles that ends up looking like unsolvable problems. Like just tell me what goes in the blank already. I'm over it. You know, like all of that just falls away because it's completely unnecessary when we're okay with feeling anything. And we can be okay with feeling anything because every single thing, the only thing we're afraid of feeling is our own story about it. It's not the feeling. It's not the truth. It's not our past. It's not our future. It's, it's just our own made-up story about it. So in this last part of the question from Patricia that I read, she says, but I still think that if I could go back and fix something in my childhood, things would be different. They would be better. And, you know, I think any time anytime we're thinking, if only this one thing could be different, and especially when it's something that's completely impossible, that's a good thing to look at. You know, that's a great trick of the mind. Again, like a mind will say, well, if you could go back to childhood and just, you know, make these three things different, everything will be fine. First of all, how the heck would would a mind know that? If we could really go back in your childhood, Patricia, which is a ridiculous thing to even talk about, but if we could really go backward for any of us and pull those levers and make those certain things be different, how the heck do we know how it would go? I mean, this is just so fictional. It's hilarious. Maybe things would be worse. Maybe things would be way worse. That's so likely in this totally unlikely made up scenario. So, so it's just good to spot that. And I think you spot it, Patricia. It's like, if just this one thing, oh, by the way, which is completely impossible, would change, then I'd be okay. That's a mind just keeping us where we are. It's a mind saying, there's a solution. There is something that goes in that blank. So the blank, if I just blank, then my habit will go away. In Patricia's case, if I just go time travel and go back and make my mom and dad do these things differently, then uh, then my habit will go away. That's really convenient for a mind that doesn't want to change. Isn't that a story that a mind would give when it doesn't want to change? Are you kidding me? It's It feels safe and comfortable in this little predictable life. Your mind has no interest in changing at all. So isn't that convenient that it that it gives a solution that's <laughs> completely impossible. Okay, Patricia says, 
so much has shifted. There's all kinds of things that used to feel impossible that I don't even notice anymore. Those compelling urges for old habits just don't feel so sticky anymore. And my mind starts to run and says, what makes this different? Why can't I get freedom over this? What do I need to see or do or understand here? Can I speed up this process? Anorexia seems like a way harder thing to overcome. If people can get freedom from that, surely I can stop procrastinating so much. Okay, so he, but, but you're speaking, Patricia, to exactly the issue. It's not a real problem. As you said, as you said, you know, this is not a real problem. So, so when your mind starts saying like, why can't I get freedom? What do I need to see to make this go away? It's not going to be found in, you know, how do I solve my procrastination problem? Again, we have to back up, we keep back, walking backwards and seeing this in a bigger sense. It's all a ton of thinking and nothing else. It's all mind activity and then being mind activity being labeled and then thoughts and stories being overlaid on top of mind activity. Nothing else. Nothing else at all. There is nothing else. It's all thought. There's nothing else. There is no problem. So the solution to the fictional problem isn't going to happen. There's, there is no problem. Seeing that this is all thought can happen. And, and as you say, so much has shifted. All kinds of other things that used to feel impossible, you don't even notice. Old urges don't even show up anymore. Well, the only difference is those, those have just been seen for what they are or they just have stopped coming around. But they were never problems that you solved. Those were all thought too. And thought shifts. Thought changes. Thought, thought gets bored and moves on or thought is seen through or I don't know. I don't know. But I, I don't I really want you to feel what I'm saying here. It's all thought. No matter what our issue appears to be, it's not the issue. It's all a bunch of thinking and thinking is always shifting and changing. So there's absolutely nothing different between this procrastination problem and some old habit that now is a complete non-issue for you. Absolutely no difference. It's all thought. Some of it doesn't show up anymore or it's seen through and others of it still looks really real and the story has you a little hooked in it. That's it. But you didn't do anything to make the other stuff go away. And you're not going to do anything to solve your procrastination problem because it's not even a problem. It's a bunch of thinking that looks real. And you'll, you'll see it differently when you see it differently. And that leads into uh, Patricia telling the story of her sister. My little sister used to be the messiest kid you ever saw. I'm five years older than her. And when we shared a room, it drove me nuts. I remember taking the screen off our window so I could throw out the acorns, leaves, and sticks that she'd stash. Then one day, around 12 or so, she just stopped. She's now the most organized, tidy person I know. Change is so funny that way. It is. It's unexpected. I would have been happy to just not have the sticks and leaves jamming up the vacuum, but she became a straight-up minimalist at 13. You know, it is funny. Change is funny, and it happens that way sometimes. It's, there's a shift in consciousness. Who knows what the heck happened with your sister? Something shifted. That flow of thought 
changed course somewhere along the line. Maybe even, and I don't know that this is the case with your 12-year-old sister, but for some of us, like, like let's just say for your sister, maybe she thought, wow, this is not a great way to live. I don't, I don't, this, this doesn't work for me anymore. I'm going to try to change my ways. Well, that is also just thought changing course. Shouldn't make that happen, you know? Maybe along with that course change and thought came, huh, I think I'm going to, you know, organize and I'm going to quit bringing sticks and leaves in the bedroom. And all of that, it's such a mystery. It's just what happens. You know, things shift. There's a shift in consciousness. New things are seen. Stories are, are fall by the wayside. Old identities and ways of being and just habitual stuff falls by the wayside. And there isn't anything we can do to make that happen. And it seems to happen a lot more when we aren't digging our heels in trying to solve a fictional problem. You know, when we're seeing, this is why it's important to see that it's all thought, like I was saying a minute ago, that that this whole procrastination problem of yours that you want to solve is nothing but a flow of thought. When we can back up and see it that way, there's just, there's, we just are not, we don't have our face pressed to the screen. We're not digging our heels in. We're not fighting and resisting. We're watching this fascinating, curious flow of thought move through. It's just not a problem. Peter was giving these funny examples on the call. Uh, this call was just yesterday, so it's fresh in my mind. But um, in the spirit of, again, everything is just feeling it like, you know, it's okay. Every feeling has its place and and it's all safe and it's not what our mind tells us it is. He was talking about insecurity, a deep feeling of insecurity being kind of sexy. It was hilarious because everyone's like, huh? No, I don't like that one. There's nothing sexy about it. But he's like, you know, it's just, it brings spice and variety to life. Yeah, sometimes we feel deeply insecure. Sometimes we feel painfully lonely. Isn't that an interesting part of the movie? It brings spice and variety. And maybe if we feel into it, it can even feel kind of sexy. (laughs) So... Uh, I love it. I love that word in there because it's like, it's like a scratch the record moment, right? That kind of blows your mind wide open. That's like, why the heck not? Why can't loneliness be a beautiful feeling? Why can't this feeling of procrastination and not getting anything done and so badly thinking, oh my gosh, if I can just do more, everything would be great. Why can't that be a sexy feeling, Patricia? You know, so it just starts to blow this so wide open and and gets us out of this little tunnel, tunnel vision thing where we're like, nope, this is a problem and it needs to change and then I'll be okay. And it happened for my sister. Why can't it happen for me? And it happened for that anorexic and it looked this way for her. I want that over here. Well, that's just, that's sexy too. <laughs> that's just, you're having that experience right now, right? It's all just what's arising in any given moment. So you're having that experience right now. As a separate human being who has a procrastination problem, who wants it to be different. Okay, let's lean into that. That's the, that's the flow of thought that's moving through. There's still not a problem. There's still just a short story showing up and, and floating past. Okay, so last little bit of Patricia's question. 
I just feel, this is the clincher, I just feel like there's got to be something here I'm missing. Then my habit will fall away. So I'd be curious to talk to Patricia and see how it looks and sounds at this point. But I just want to say again, that belief, which is incredibly common, I just feel like there's something, there's got to be something here I'm missing. We talked about it before. That's exactly what a mind will say because it gets to keep you on a search for the thing that's missing. Now, tell me who has ever found the thing that's missing that has permanently forever after ended all searching. As long as you have a brain, it's not going to happen because this is just what a mind does. It's just a mind is seeking activity. That's all it is. And it will it will for sure say, well, but I just got to look a little harder. I just haven't looked hard enough. I haven't done it right. If I, and it's ironic that it's about procrastination. If I just do a little bit more, then I'll be okay, including doing a little bit more on solving my procrastination problem. It doesn't work that way. It's unsolvable. This see, this seeking and the searching and this this, there's got to be one more thing. Maybe it's back in my childhood, but there's got to be one more thing. That is a lifelong conversation, or let's just assume that it is. Because if we assume that it is, we just get to start to see it as part of what flows through. There is never a, if I can just fill in this blank, then everything will be okay. That is such a tip off that there's just a mind story happening. And when we believe that, it really gets in the way. You know, I mean, it doesn't really get in the way of anything, but it keeps us just really involved in that searching and seeking. And that's okay. That's just part of what's happening in this movie. There's a Patricia who's really involved in searching and seeking. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, when Patricia's like, okay, I'm kind of done with this storyline. I think I'm ready for something else. Well, hey, you can move on to something else anytime. When, when this is seen for what it is, you know, we'll move on. And when it isn't, we'll be in it a little bit. And both ways are equally fine. We really kind of go back to it's all thought. It's all a story that's playing out. We think it's real because we hate it so much. So like our, our problem your procrastination problem, your I'm too messy problem, your eating problem or drinking problem. We think it's real because it feels so horrible. But what if it feels so real because we hate it? So it's not that we think we hate it because it's real. Like, no, I really have this procrastination problem and 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 that's why I'm so upset. That's why I hate it so much. What if it's the other way around? What if it feels so real because there's so much resistance put on it? There's so much solving happening, attempts to solve, which will never work, happening around this. And that's the only thing that makes it feel real. So it's really so interesting that when we're pushing on something, really needing it to change, that's the issue. And I know I started with this, I think, you know, like that's the problem right there. 
And I've seen this with thousands of people with thousands of different issues or habits. It does, again, it's all exactly the same. It does not matter at all what it is, what the issue is. When someone shows up and they say, hey, I'm, I'm caught up in binge eating, for example, and and you know, I don't know what's going on here. There's something that, something I'm getting caught up in. I don't know what it is, but this is what happens and this is what I do. And, you know, I want to see this in a new way. That's great. There's a, there's a lot to explore there. When someone shows up and said, and this is probably most, this is certainly me with binge eating. It says, I have this habit and it's running my life and it's super powerful and it needs to end like it needs to end yesterday. I cannot gain another pound. I cannot go through another day. It has to end. I cannot be happy. I cannot stay in my relationship. I cannot be a normal human being and live a life as long as this habit is taking me over. Well, now we have a totally different conversation on our hands. You see that? Because it's like the pushing is the problem. The I cannot and this must be different and life's not going the way I want it to go. 100% of the suffering, 100% right there. That's it. And that's a perfect recipe for staying stuck in anything or feeling like we're stuck in anything. Feeling like we're feeling like we're stuck in something that's completely fluid and always moving and changing, but giving ourselves the experience of stuckness. So it's just that <laughs> if, if, you know, what do I put in that blank so that I can solve my problem so that I can be over this forever? That's the thing to see. So brilliant that the question comes out that way. And it's like, what if we just back way up and see that, hey, whatever's happening is what's happening. And, and yeah, it's going to change. Don't worry about it. This is this is not like, oh, you're just going to procrastinate for life. No, things are always changing. But it's in seeing the fluidity of this story that things get to change. And part of that is seeing exactly like you so brilliantly said right off the bat, Patricia, I don't even think this is a real problem. It's a runaround. It's a bunch of mind activity with a bunch of story trying to make sense of it and, and, a, and a mind giving a solution because that gives it the illusion of, of fighting something and doing something for us, except the solutions are like <laughs> not solutions. There's, there's nothing to solve because there's nothing wrong. It's a big thought-created story creating your pain, not a procrastination problem. And that's, that's always where to look. The Change Coach Home Study Course provides a foundation that allows you to help people become free of habits, anxiety, and all forms of suffering. The course focuses on your own understanding of what's true of all people and how change works. You experience your own personal transformation so that you can guide others with conviction and clarity. As your grounding deepens, you'll learn the ins and outs of having conversations that allow people to see their own health. You'll get to watch several full coaching sessions that will be debriefed and discussed. You'll get lessons on issues that commonly arise in working with others. You'll hear from seasoned practitioners such as Mavis Karn and Mark Howard. And you'll get my latest business building workshop. And that's just some of what you get. There's actually much more in this amazing course. The Change Coach Home Study course is perfect for you if you're already working with people either as a coach therapist or maybe in HR, education or business, 
or if you've never worked with people in this way, but you're ready to expand your grounding and see if coaching is for you. The newly expanded and improved Change Coach Home Study course is normally $2,500, but is currently discounted to just $1,575 for members of Student Access Plus. Best of all, if you decide to go through the six-month live Change Coach certification course with me in 2023, what you pay toward the home study course goes toward your tuition. Check out the full details, payment plans, and everything about this in-depth and new and improved training course at dramiejohnson.com slash changecoachtraining, the home study course. And the link is in the show notes.